Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. It's myself, Julia Cooper. And me, Matt LaPaglia. I am still looking at the volume of these microphones, but I said... Okay. If, if we're too loud, just call in. Screaming in your ears, I, I apologize. Our sound mixer's on it. Yeah. <laughs> Famously, we have very... Uh, we, have cr- we have crew. Very good audio engineering. Yeah. Uh, before we started recording this podcast, we were just talking about my boyfriend's workplace. Mm-hmm. And Wait, we didn't <laughs> say that what the podcast is, so people might be oh confused. Oh my god! Fuck. No, it's this fine to say podcast. it now, quick. This, this is a podcast. What? 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 This is podcast. What do you know? <laughs> <laughs> this is the podcast. What, what do, do we know? know? And, and now myself? that you're, oh no, you, we already introduced ourselves. We don't need to do that. Uh, <laughs> I'm having a week. <laughs> anyway, you were saying to make sure people felt safe in the space they knew where they were yes, we, and we so want people to feel tethered it's very, to reality it's like it's like bdsm where we're just making sure that setting the parameters you know is out there yep okay <laughs> both of us experts both of us experts <laughs> um anyway we were talking about audio engineering in the context of my partner's co-workers and one of his co-workers is like a dj when he's not working at okay uh this liquor store and he was like oh yeah i was like i picked up some new stuff like you said your girlfriend is a podcast maybe she would benefit from something like this and like showed him a picture of like the the thing that we have oh the same one yeah i have seen i was at a a friend's graduation party Um, and she has like a couple like a synth and a guitar and like pedals and stuff um and so she and someone else were like jamming a little bit and like she has the same yeah thing and i saw it somewhere else too or or no so, uh someone there was like oh i have that i was yeah. like my friend i use that right well it's great because uh this is not like an ad for focus right but if you want to sponsor us like us, but we Clearly have the, they don't need it we have the focus right scarlet puts mm-hmm. i think that's great about this and one of the reasons i picked it up is that it includes lifetime subscriptions to pro tools and oh, yeah. um not audacity what am i thinking of uh, not audition because that's not adobe. audition that's adobe it is Aud- not audacity it's the one that lots of djs use mm, i don't know Fuck. um yeah, pro tools and their one i don't know one time i was applying production. to a videography position for this like concert thing mm-hmm. you want to use this dj software and i said no and they were like okay thanks but no thanks right so maybe it's that Because it was definitely audio too. Right. It's um me when I stop trying to think of it. Yeah. But it includes subscriptions to both of those softwares. Pro Tools does not currently match the um it's not compatible with my uh like most up to date Mac software. Oh. So it's like I'm waiting for Pro Tools to get an update so that I can oh, actually okay. use it effectively. And then other one works but it's very complicated what does pro tools do that like other audio software can't do you i can't tell know? you what any audio software does love but i do i was i really wanted to do i ha- i got like a free trial to also not an <laughs> but people do lots of ads for this on podcast to skillshare i did like a free trial to skillshare that i used for 30 days but i found it very unhelpful for pro tools I was doing it for the other fucking. <laughs> so you really have no excuse to not. But remember. it's because Pro Tools wasn't compatible with my operating system. Sure, yeah. So, so like, like, why learn if I can't use it? Right, and yeah, because Audacity's free. 
so that's not what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, fun fact: I used Audacity to glitch video. I remember this. Um, and I wish I remembered exactly how. I'd have to re research because I haven't done much with glitch since. But you can like info file, and then it makes it easier to like basically break it up. Yeah. And make alterations, and it's kind of fun because it's very like randomized and you don't really know what you're doing until you watch it back yeah but audacity the move for glitching video very cool i remember i had an assignment oh anyway skillshare would not recommend it so this is not an ad helpful and for what the glitching video (laughs) for anything i couldn't find anything that i wanted to learn on there that was taught in a way that made any sense that i couldn't find for free better somewhere else so like when you go on skillshare and use code what do we know What do we know? 2021. 2021. Um, but, sorry, this is like a very all over the place beginning to the pod. <laughs> what was I? Oh, so Colin, so a couple of his friends, we um, went out to a couple breweries with when we were visiting Brooklyn. Uh-huh. Both work in like audio production, largely mm-hmm. with um, like either one of them does, I think, mostly TV and film score kind of. Nice work and then the other one does a lot of audiobooks okay um but both of them are like primarily like wanting to work on like their own creative projects sure. first and foremost but also need income y- so yeah. are doing things that they're not necessarily super passionate about but is within their skill set and colin at the time had just finished recording a cover of a weezer song for a like compilation cd that mm-hmm. um a like favorite local bar of his was putting together to kind of like support their staff during covid nice so like you would get a download of this whole like local musicians covers and um original songs and then it was the all of the proceeds went to support like keeping this bar paid and he was trying to use the other software (laughs) (laughs) and um trying to do not a crossfade necessarily but okay. kind of a crossfade. You know very, very little about audio engineering, so Yeah. In my I mean, crossfade is a thing. But right? it apparently super difficult to do in this one software. Oh. And so he was talking about how he was having all these issues and he had kind of gone back and forth with his friends. He'd emailed them like copies of his mix and they would be like, Oh, here's some things you could do. Here are you. Great. Yada yada yada. And so like they had worked with him on it a little bit. And like it came out really awesome. I think it was like, I would not have known. It was very, like, kind of lo-fi energy. Sure. But it's like he recorded it with where, one mic in a studio. Where can we download this album and support the bar? Oh, or is it, no it is on, um, I think it's, you can still get it. It's on Bandcamp. It's called um, Gym Fest. Because okay. it's like, they used to do, like, they have, like, a longtime employee whose birthday they would celebrate at this bar. <laughs> so since they couldn't celebrate it and he wanted to do something to support the bar. The bar is uh, Bukowski's. And, um, oh, okay. Their Inman location closed over the pandemic, but their Back Bay location oh. is still alive. And, th- uh, and so it's called like Gym Fest 2020 or something. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, for Weezer's in where he nice. played like three guitars. He used the organ that he back, like oh, to yeah. do the drum. I it forgot. It has a drum kit built in, About which is a really organ. cool thing. Um, since it's like an electronic organ, so he did the drums on the organ. I love that. And then sang, but he did like bass, lead guitar, backing guitar. I love that. Lead vocal, but like 
it's it's really it came out really good in the recording all right and we're back uh Ooh. there's a little mm-hmm. bit of glitchy audio going on but it might have been the playback things are slow yeah something is definitely um struggling but it's happening we appreciate you guys coming along for the ride yeah <laughs> um but yeah jim fest i think it's on Bandcamp. sports bukowski's bar mm-hmm. colin actually went back in person for the first time i think last week to, to just kind of yeah like um a couple of his friends who tend bar there were like hey like we're all here tonight come say hi now tell me where in back bay this is because i don't know if i've been i have technically been once but it was after the first wine tasting that i hosted for my yeah. former job and i was lit hammered. oh well because it's like i'm the kind of person who it's like if someone's like oh we need to finish this yeah i will you're like we have to we have to right and also it's like it was all very nice wine that's like i don't like wasting stuff sure. i don't want to have to pour all these wines down the drain if we didn't drain we would have to drink them yeah <laughs> and like all my coworkers that i liked and like the reps that we liked kind of hanging out and every like even colin like doesn't even remember this and like his friends from Bukowski's had to be like hey you and your coworkers came in last night and he's like me and my coworkers came in last night. <laughs> oh no <laughs> um but everyone got home safe Whatever. yeah that's good <laughs> but it is um so you go down newbury street okay and you take like a left kind of towards is there like a bowling alley down there does that mean anything to you no i'm already lost yeah. a bowling alley let's uh there's like a king's yeah tin. yeah 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 but that's not on that's on, um it's not on newbury street no it yeah i like kind of know where that is and so bukowski's is like a very small building but the uh, facade of it is all painted red okay and that's all I can tell you. It's not. On I don't know. I like Mass Ave. You can say the name of any, or, any Sorry, um, Boylston. No. It's Mass all like, Ave. it's kind of like diagonally. The I'm gesturing right now and I'm doing a straight line with my left arm for Newbury Street. Okay. And then like kind of towards Boylston Street in like the ambiguous like 30 Dalton kind of range. There's like a diagonal cross street. Is that like where the fuck is? I know people who aren't there. people are not familiar with Boston <laughs> are like are loving geoguesser with my <laughs> okay so I don't you know you go where like it you're is. going to like the and luxury buildings like thirty Dalton one Dalton those are like the luxury high rises of Back Bay okay and it's like kind of there <laughs> yeah I don't think I've been there ultimately it's all it's cash only and they do like artisanal hot dogs and craft beer whoa okay wait. Do they have vegan dogs? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Again, my body was in the Your space. Your <laughs> body. <laughs> but you had transcended. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we should go one day. Yeah. One of these days. I did go to Trina's recently, and they have vegan dogs. Okay. And they do fun artisanal hot dogs and craft beer. Great. Um, but yeah, I think that was the drunkest I've ever been in my entire life. Wow. To be completely... Was this the one that I attended or a different one? This The one that you attended, I was like, I'm trying three wines and I'm cutting myself off. This <laughs> was after. Okay, okay, okay. Of the last time. Because I was I like, was you like, were I fine did. when I left, that one. No, yeah. Okay. I tasted a few wines. Um, I did not stay after to like kill any bottles. I was like, we're dumping. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I do not care. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it was like a similar setup as the one you went to. Okay. It was like basically the same exact event, 
but the first time I hosted it rather than the second time. Got it. It was fun. I tried okay. a lot of good wine. I can tell you right now for free that um, I think I've told you this before. There are these little bevs called Sprezza. Okay. They're a vermouth soda flavored with bitters. Okay. They are delicious. These fuckers are like 15 goddamn percent. <laughs> and I probably had like three of them because I didn't realize how strong they were. Mm-hmm. And we had this cooler full of like half poured Sprezza. So it's like, and there, there's uh, a Bianca. So, so there's like a red vermouth and a white vermouth. And like, I killed like, like tradition or just spritzes in, in these um, varieties of these okay. vermouth okay. spritzes. And I didn't, I, I did know somewhere deep in my brain what the percentages were because I wrote the fucking tasting program, mm-hmm. but I kind of forgot because they are so tasty and they taste like a seltzer and a seltzer yeah. is usually like, like five, eight, six percent, like eight percent tops. Right. And I killed like a couple really quick <laughs> and Cause, and it's also you don't really know how much you're drinking because they're like three quarters filled, half filled, because right. they're being used to pour rather you're than like, like you're like this is already open. There's only, I'm just finishing it off. Right, and so that was what put the nail in my coffin that evening was mm-hmm. that I mm-hmm. crushed a couple of seltzes, um, espresses. It's really good. Is the hard thing. They're really good. They're just like have you had them since? at risk at your own risk. Purchased them like a week after that tasting. Okay. Uh, because I, I do just genuinely really like them. I think I got them for like New Year's Eve because it was a Christmas tasting. Okay. And Will was coming to visit for New Year's. Will guy. Will will love a spritza. And he did. He did really enjoy them. Tell me a little bit about what I'm drinking right now because oh, yes. it's very, it's good. It's very sour. Right. Which I wasn't expecting. Yes. But it's uh, But it's good. Yes, this is Three Floyd's Pear Bear. Yeah. Oh, Pear. Um, oh, wait. I'm seeing. I it. grabbed you the Pride 3000, which I have. I'm also drinking a different Three Floyd's beer. I thought okay. I grabbed two of the same ones. I'm drinking Three Floyd's um, Chevalier Bertrand to Gesklin. Gesklin. Um, but yeah, it's a barrel aged sour. It is from Indiana. I have to double check in the can. The it's good it's like sourest beers i've ever had maybe but i'm into that so right we both know i love a sour um and colin loves three floyds they very recently started distributing to massachusetts okay um, do really great craft beers they do all of their bottled stuff generally that i've had is sour or fruited in some way cool and there's only one that i tried that i would not repurchase not to say that it was as um I can't remember what it was called, but it had like unicorns on the back. And it hmm. was like a watermower, I believe. Sounds good in theory. It wasn't the best. I wanted it to be more sour. Pear Bear is very sour. Yeah. Um, in a way that's still t- very tasty, but mm-hmm. very, very sour. And then the one I have right now is probably in between those. This one's an American Sour Asian Wine Barrels with Blueberries. Mm. But yeah, Three Floyds is lovely. Nice. They do a lot of fun stuff. They do want an IPA called Zombie Dust, I believe, is their like kind of flagshipy guy. But these guys all rotate. Cool. I was a friend of mine was having a like new a new fling over, um, and I was there like sort of. Did you use fling or flame just fl- now? Fling both. Okay. I guess both. Right. Um, and they're talking about beers. And one of them was like, 
they were talking about sours and then um this person was like and like goes and i was like gozas it's <laughs> <laughs> a gosa i'm like that's all that bye <laughs> you're like but not even in the room you i just like went into the room to get something and heard that it's like gozas they're good yeah okay bye um, you mean a german style style uh, involves coriander and salt in the brewing process see, yeah, i didn't know that I, love a <laughs> I didn't know that i'm like the german pronunciation is girls <laughs> right well there is not like controversy about how to pronounce it but it's it's a tough oh. word to pronounce um like some people say goose some say goes i mean if you're just looking at the letters gosa is not right gosa with <laughs> comedian that whoa okay <laughs> you a new comedian whoa okay yeah um speaking of comedian drinking on a podcast have you um i have no idea where this is going <laughs> um my new friend from grad school banks oh yeah really wants to do like a beer and wine educational podcast that's right because they don't really know a ton of mine and i've had this idea for a long time of which stream where it's like I'm reviewing oh. a bottle of wine, but I review it after each glance, so it's like progressively drunker, which I don't think would work well because <laughs> I have a wait. pretty decent tolerance. <laughs> wait, logistically, you review it after each glass. Right, so the theory is like every review gets a little bit drunker. So it's different wine. It's different beverages. No, it's the same wine four times with four glasses of wine. Okay. But for me, it's like I'm being after four glasses of wine. Right, um, so you would need to be like... But I also don't want to get, like, fucking lit to yeah. review you, wine. You could, like, have one of those huge glasses. <laughs> like, uh, like ostentatiously large. Right, but then I don't want to drink four. Can't bo- like <laughs> well, yeah, then you could just do two. Right. Um, anyway. Although those usually house, like, a whole bottle themselves. So right. Maybe But not. talking about kind of our two ideas. Because they had an idea. I think they called it poor decisions. Yeah, you were telling like, me about the... Where were they when we were trying yeah, to title Yeah, when we were coming anything. up with anything. Um, where it's like they talk about, like, I don't know, moments or life stories while also, like, Learning pouring. About, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I was like, oh, my God, hilarious. That's so we're hilarious. trying to find a way to, like, marry our ideas into something that we both have time for. <laughs> I mean, it so- right, that's the hardest part. I was going to say it sounds like they overlap very easily, but right. the, t- the time management... Also, the other day, Colin was listening to a wine podcast called Wine for Normal People, and it was so not good. I was and so it, bothered by is it. Is it like beverages you drink while watching the Hulu original series based on the Sally Rooney hit novel, Normal People? Could be. That should that would be a much more interesting premise of like drinks to pair with per episode. Yeah. Uh, but it was very much like it had TED Talk with no planning energy. Where it was like someone hmm. effectively just lecturing, but off the cuff and information was not being conveyed efficiently. Where they would say like the same thing times, but like eight different ways. And there was like another person in the room who'd be like, oh yeah, oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this person like read the dictionary definition of a podcast and was like two people talking about a subject and then just like ran with that. And riffed <laughs> on this one beverage right um oh is this a podcast that he listens to often and you had to be like he had it recommended you had to sit to him. him down and you were like he doesn't like podcasts okay, okay. so and i was like is it because you've only listened you're to like it? now i know why but oh also again this is all over the place but 
he sent me a screenshot of his like friend like what his friends were listening to on spotify and one of his friends who i've met tom was listening to our podcast and i'm like whoa but it was one of the ones where i was being a real idiot <laughs> which one do you remember it was the one before the eraser had one where i was like tell him to listen to this one because i'd be talking about kind of intellectual is that the one where we wait uh, I can't remember which one it was, but I remember I was like, oh, no, no, no. I hope it's not. He, I hope he's not listening to the most recent one because I am fully so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that one, um, but I have to go back and, and I'm find sure it, I'm sure it was lovely. I, know, I was like, I don't want, they always I don't want are. your friend to think I'm dumb. <laughs> oh, well, while I'm saying as that, you, I will spill my beer while sitting on the floor. Um, um, well... <laughs> I was uh, b- I was uh, b- b- bitten by ants yesterday. <laughs> oh, you hate to see it. On my wrist, of all places. Ugh. I was just sitting in the grass, very innocently being an invader in these ants' territory. Colonizing. Colonizing <laughs> Magazine Street, <laughs> Park, <laughs> Beach, whatever. Um, and I lifted up my hand, like, a dance scuttling around my wrist region you hate a scuttle and i had to like kind of flick them off and i got a couple bites and now they itch and i'm like honestly fair that yeah that's the price you have to pay i deserve that i didn't know that those little ants to be honest yeah news to me thought they were just like little cute little cute boys i've told you about when i sat on a wasp's nest during college orientation <laughs> so it sounds familiar but i'm not remembering any remembering any furniture's uh, like my good friend <laughs> but also hello <laughs> joe and mckenna <laughs> um it is day one of colgate university orientation what a time. i have a single person the only person i've had contact with is my friend ursula who now lives down the street <laughs> oh it's still um, are they still there yes fun um, but I think she's moving in. Anyway, I haven't seen them in a long time. I, you remember those shirts we got for orientation that were like in the back because that's a new thing that that's we like have here. Every year has a symbol. Yeah, and ours was a window. Anyway, I cropped that shirt and cut the sleeves off, but I like did, did it like did it kind of in the dark. <laughs> Please hold your question until the end. Um, and so it like was really crooked, and I had to keep cutting, and now it's just like this little tiny thing. But anyway. Um. But yes. Reminded that's me very orientation. Same year. Um, I have not yet received a shirt. <laughs> what? That is how early in the orientation process. We're oh, at. oh! I thought you meant you still haven't. Oh, I, I was like, you I should think, get on that. I think I paint or something, and now it's like a rag shirt. Yeah, that's but perfect. Regardless, um, I am meeting with my orientation group, like with our link staff, like holding up a number in the quad kind of energy. Love. And. Uh, for our listeners at home who do not attend Colgate University, Link Staff is basically like an orientation, orientation leader. leader. Um, I, why they call it anything else is just one of those things that you l- learn. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing at Colgate is called anything like it's called in the real world. Yep. Um, which is fun. We love that. Whimsy. Whimsy, yeah. <laughs> but so also important context I am living in West Hall. Sign on the door of West Hall that says that there's a wasp's nest. Oh, yeah. And they can't find it. But to, like, beware while you're moving your stuff in that there are wasps at this one specific entrance to West Hall. All the, it says, like, use other doors. Wasps near here. We can't find them, essentially. Right. I go sit down with my orientation group on the quad. And I think I sit on, like, a pine cone or something. 
and I'm like, oh, like I sat on something weird, and I'm like, whatever. I like brush my leg off, and I'm like not gonna cause a scene for sitting on a pine cone. And then it like keeps hurting, oh and I'm no. like, what's going on? And so then I like like look <gasps> at like the underside of my thigh. I'm afraid for the listener at home, I'm acting this out in real time. Yeah, and I'm like, oh fuck, I have like 15 wasps like in my fucking thigh and i'm like oh shit and so then i like kind of like brush them all off like frantically like scooch over a couple feet and yeah kind of pretend nothing is going on oh my god but i essentially smothered this wasp population with my f- <laughs> <laughs> so y'all are welcome incoming class living in west hall um pest control <laughs> pest control starring me um but yeah, I'm like, oh shit. And P- pesterior control. Pesterior. Okay, sorry. Go on. <laughs> I kind of like go about my day, like whatever. I'm wearing shorts. It's hot out. <laughs> it's summer. And at the end, of, like I at some point, like during some like free time, downtime when I'm going back to my dorm room, I realized that like my entire leg uh-huh. has swollen to like, it is like rock hard. Yeah. Like not to say I'm not like a muscular leg lady. I played tennis competitively yeah. for the entirety of my adult like in or adolescent life. But there's still some like malleability to a muscular thigh. Right. And it's like I already have pretty big legs from tennis. Like that's like a characteristic of someone who plays and my leg is <laughs> fucking it is thick and solid. <laughs> And like it a, has like like a gr- like a, like a huge, beautiful marble statue, like raised like DVD area of just like it's raised like an eighth of an inch off the back of my leg, and I'm like, fuck, and it's like bright red. Yeah, like, I don't know. I got hit with like a softball coming out of like a one of those like yeah, yeah, softball yeah, yeah. ejectory practice yeah. devices. Pitch a pitcher, a pitching machine, Pitch, of sorts. Yeah. It looks like I got fucking railed with something. Not in a bruise way, but in a like... It freshly <laughs> happened. Freshly happened kind of way. Like a bruise will form. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I like sent a picture of it to my mom or something. Or I like mentioned... Or she might be like, how's your day yeah, going? Right, right. Like, it's like, going great. So, so far, so good. And <laughs> she's like, if you don't put hydrocortisone on that right now, I'm like going to come pick you up from college. <laughs> Basically is what she says. Um, and so then for the next like two weeks, I'm like wearing like jeans, applying hydrocortisone regularly. It was so fucked up. Wow. Good thing you didn't like cut off circulation or you're not allergic. Right. Yeah. Um, (laughs) but I mean, I had a reaction for sure, but not like a, uh, require an EpiPen kind of reaction. Um, but yeah, I think it's like Ursula that night texted me like, oh, we're going to this party. You should come. And I was like, I think I'm like, I'm feeling a little, a little woozy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to lay. Thank you for the invite. Yikes. Wow. I have no such orientation stories. I'm so I l- later became friends with the people in my orientation. Because like, for those of you who did not attend Colgate University, we have kind of like our orientation group. You also take a class with them. Here. Right. Wow. I forgot. Um, your freshman that. FSEM. And so it's like I had class with all these people and then a few of them A I just became friends with independently and B played Ultimate Frisbee. Mm. And so later on throughout the year or later I would tell the story, they'd be like, What happened? They're like, No, I was there. That didn't happen. And I'm like, Yeah, I was trying to not be a fucking like, maniac. I'm chill. I was like, I I was like, I was a scene and be that girl who got stung by wasps during orientation. 
And they're like, what? <laughs> what the absolute? Huh. <laughs> they're like, I was sat there and watched you get fucking mauled by wasps and I didn't even know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. It's, Ooh, rain- it's raining. It's raining, which I wasn't expecting. Dang. Fun. Yeah. Um, this beer, every sip I take, like my eye water. That's how sour it is. It's, yeah. I'm here for um, Warheads. I was going to say, Warheads has a sour beer. Do they? Yeah. Have you had it? I haven't, but I'd like to try it. Do you think it's good? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that the Lemon Warheads were like just a real, a real test of masculinity Mm. in like middle school. It'd be like green. It's like, okay, like blue, fine. And then you would get a lemon and you would sort of have to put on a show. (laughs) Ah, yes. The three genders. Yeah. Lemon. Lemon. Green and blue. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We love that. We love to perform masculinity. Yeah. In middle school, surrounding Sandy. This is really sour if you would like to try it. I, I'm good. You can stay in your lane. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Um, speaking of gender, we were talking before this mm-hmm. about um, Tommy Dorfman, who has recently announced to the public, not that it was like a secret, I guess, but sort of a claiming of the narrative... Yes. For the purposes of visibility, um, that that they are trans and they've been transitioning. She, I believe, pronouns are she hers. Um, and thinking through the nuances of being a performer, mm. an actor, someone whose body is kind of their whole gig. Yeah. To then on top of that go through this like radicalization this like fulfillment of a body and then have to in career path yeah with like a new i don't know yeah i thought like watching their little time magazine video Uh that you were showing me it was really interesting how they were sorry she was i guess time magazine wasn't curating it i'm like um i i one thing i struggle with and this is completely tangential is when talking about a magazine versus like a writer or the person the article is about i'm like when i'm talking about like a piece of content like should i be talking about then like time magazine put this out or she as in tommy put this out Uh or they as in tommy and time magazine like yeah i've only encountered this because i'm currently in grad school and i talk about magazines a lot yeah and i find like i often benefit from like if i'm writing about it just being like the writer's name or yeah the person that the writer is writing about their name or like the magazine and i'll I'll just use proper nouns because it's like are you writing about the publication or the subject right or the per- leading this particular sure. endeavor for the pro- publication but regardless uh tommy was talking about um <laughs> changing their name and how they felt like 
they were proud of like who they were before transitioning yeah. and they didn't feel this need keep feeling they and like you just i said, know and i their pronouns are because <laughs> i well because i was using i but now I, so i've sort of un- unlearned her and now i just default to they so thank you which feels like what i'm doing <laughs> well i yeah but then it's also like i'm entangled in like magazine discourse um uncomfortable saying tommy 600 times in a row sure but tommy she is talking about (laughs) her decision to not change her name um because she's proud of like her whole journey as a person Mm -hmm. and doesn't feel the need to like have this phoenix rising from the ashes narrative of like burning her old self and then becoming a new self like she's been her this herself this whole time and um I thought that was like really interesting and then we kind of started talking a little bit about how so much of like transitioning narratives can feel like they are dictated by the binary in like a I was this now I am this and these are the two things that you can be right and um how that consistent with the actual lived experience of transitioning Mm -hmm. and like because you don't like just become a new person you have all of your past yeah and that's part of who you are and it's part of your identity and some people want to hold on to that and i'm sure some people don't want absolutely and especially when you have so much in the public eye and i'm sure there can be a desire to kill part of that Mm -hmm. identity if the way that you were being portrayed didn't reflect who you felt you were but then there's also a desire to like serve the work that you've done yeah. as like living, um, which I thought was really interesting to hear Tommy's perspective on. And then in the context of acting and performing, I'm sure there's a lot of confusion that actor who's struggling with like gender identity or sexuality to be like, what is truly what I, I feel like is who I am mm-hmm. because you probably become really comfortable, especially if you're like a skilled actor and this is like what you do for work, you feel comfortable kind of assuming identities that aren't necessarily your own and like you kind sure. of become comfortable with identities that you might not personally identify with. Like if you're playing like a serial killer on TV, like you kind of become that persona yeah. and like live in that while you're doing your work. And then how unsettling it might be to re- you are like doing your job while you are being a person right in, in that sense like that you feel like you are acting in your own body um and the reverse yeah. of it too or maybe not reverse but like she was also saying like i would go to work and i would hate it and i wasn't exactly sure why right and it's like when you are tasked with performing a performance already doing right is exhausting yeah and i would imagine that hopefully this isn't reductive but like say you're an alcoholic a recovering alcoholic and you are an actor and you're cast in this role of an alcoholic yeah it's like that's pretty that's pretty exhausting yeah to, be to have like, to like do that work yeah that's like personally i don't want to do it professionally as well mm. um so yeah to think through and what you're saying earlier about this rejectionary and being like it's not one thing to another thing it's a progression of one thing to a fuller version of itself right like thinking about tommy's case specifically and how much transitioning in the public eye of instagram i don't follow her but i 
I I follow a lot of people that she's friends with and like shows up in their stories and I'd be like, oh, what's going on with Tommy at the moment? And right. like would do that thing. Um, also, like might be dating Lucas Hedges. Do you know about this? No idea who either okay. of these people anyway, are. We'll I learned about Tommy earlier. We'll this, circle this back. Evening. <laughs> um, but to see someone like kind of to see someone transitioning in the public eye but not addressing it and not mm-hmm. feeling like they have to be like here i go my first day of yeah. estrogen or like yeah. whatever day it, one of me being this identity yeah right it's like it's right it's like simple. here's the yeah. hard cutoff <laughs> but instead to like embrace that fluidity and be like here it is it's still me instagram and like this is who i am today right um and like sure maybe i'm like in the process of to use the word to something else to right. someone else that is ultimately the same person but like there's there's something re- refreshing about that yeah. and the the time write-up which was an interview peters who is a writer wrote, um detransition baby if you have heard of that i have heard novel of it. Have not read it. it was good i read it um a few months ago i don't rhyme um yeah i was gonna say over the summer and i was like wait it is the summer Where am I? Yeah. <laughs> um and they were talking about both of them are talking about like how it's like built into this narrative to be like okay you like kind of disappear for a few months or a year and then you emerge and you're like it's it's me but different right um and so yeah to avoid that almost like expect uh i'm trying not to say the word quarantine <laughs> yeah um but like, like self-isolation sequester of like yeah like the former identity as it is becoming the new identity and like right it's like no one can see that this, because like, yeah. Period. yeah yeah or not failure to embrace but like this neglect of coverage sure for sure the period of transition yeah so yeah that was really cool anyway yeah there's been images of Tommy walking to New York holding hands with the actor Lucas Hedges of Lady Bird Boy Erase. Okay. Of, okay. Maybe I'm familiar, but um, did not know the name. Other other works mm-hmm. that I'm now kind of forgetting. That movie Ben is back that I haven't seen, but like Julia Have Roberts not. is his mom. Sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> so like they may be an item, which is exciting. And because so Tommy pre transition um was married to this gay man Mm, i i believe still is um but the the interview touches on like the like while transitioning we very much had to have a discussion of like i don't think that like i am best suited in a partnership with a gay man Mm. and like sort of having that conversation of like how do we how do we transform this relationship to a friendship and I think it's it's interesting. I've talked with friends about like gender in this in this idea of like gender and sexuality where a lot of sexualities kind of rely on the gender binary to like right. self define right. in a weird way. But it's interesting to think that sexuality is so built into gender into genders like so if your partner is like actually this is my gender yeah and then you are like i don't know 
I don't know. It's just very, it's just very odd to think that, because clearly this is the case. For example, for this couple, a change of gender or like a new presentation of gender is affecting the romance of the relationship or like the sexual the relationship even. Yeah. Is something that I. I don't want to say struggle with because I don't want to like invalidate that and be like clearly they don't know what they're doing right well like like, I feel like of course they do I'm sure it's validating in a way if you are someone who has not been living as like a female presenting person but you Mm -hmm. feel like you would want to be seen female presenting and to experience attraction to you in a way that presents female yeah I can see that like being in a relationship where you have to like kind of convince someone mm-hmm. that you are still the old version of yourself mm-hmm. might be exhausting. I mean, I'm not saying that that's what's going with them specifically. Um, sure. But Jin, like if I were, or I, I don't want to like suggest that I have any claim to experience, but let's say that I, sure. if I were a that, identified as one way and then that changed i would want to be seen and uh respected for who i wanted to be mm-hmm. in a way that did to justify who i you make sense like yeah um yeah like I, I can see it being like i guess like bottom line of what i'm getting at it's like i could see it being very validating to be in a relationship with someone who is attracted to women who are presenting as someone who is a woman Right. And if you s- view yourself as a woman, yeah, um, like like it would be confusing for me to be in like a relationship with a gay man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'd be like, what? Is, like if that if you identify as a track, I identify as a woman. How? How? I don't understand what's going on here. Yeah. Um, right. Which is, yeah. Which so I it's guess like is it could ultimately, ultimately just be like a case. conversation about like some general because it's like I don't know. I think everyone's kind of bi, but like yeah, that's my radical take on <laughs> sexuality. <laughs> like I think a, a while ago like I said something at like a friend's giving that was like like you can't be a democrat without being like kind of gay. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I don't know. <laughs> that's, yep. a, that's no. just my hot take that like everyone is kind of in three heteros- heterosexuality for sure um for sure or more people than are willing to admire yeah entangled in these systems that we've built to tell you who you should be attracted to mm-hmm. um and I think everyone should be critical of that. Gestures broadly to weddings. <laughs> to what? <laughs> um, yeah. Things that, like, I, yeah, we were just watching a wedding video of a friend of mine, and it's like, I love m- this friend of mine dearly. I felt very uncomfortable <laughs> at her wedding. Um, yeah. Because of the way I had to dress to be a bridesmaid. I like, see a video of myself, and I'm like, apparently that, allegedly, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, like sources say sources that say that intended <laughs> um so it was like oh, it was a weird experience for me because it's like i don't not like i don't present femme but like sure very uh i felt very uncomfortable looking at myself in like full makeup and hair in a blush pink dress mm-hmm. like in like i felt very uncomfortable all day yeah and it's like i'm a person like i wear heels casually like yeah. I wear dresses, I paint my nails, like, I'm not, not, like, I'm not, like, butch by any definition. Yeah. I say sitting here in full, out <laughs> worn, like, chunky, feel sneakers, but, like, 
it felt very like oh the kind of mm-hmm. womanliness that I aesthetic. well and of course it's it's the cons base as well yeah. this is a very yeah, yeah, yeah. this is a very hetero very cisgendered like environment and you are very much aligning yourself with a presentation right so it's like even if you were to wear something similar in your own life that is an environment wherein the the gender binary is not strictly right like down everyone's throat right (laughs) right that's something that i felt uh pungently throughout Mm, the day yeah this kind of like man date woman man married woman (laughs) woman cook food man dumb like sport (laughs) and i'm like what the fuck is going on in here (laughs) um but again like love this friend dearly i was even talking uh recently about like i like i had i had this weird kind of experience um at the reception where it's like i had felt like i'd become really good friends with all these girls who were bridesmaids and i was like oh they're all so cool i can't wait for them all to meet colin whatever like Mm -hmm. um i want to be friends with all them i think everyone's so nice like i think i made such fun friends whatever yeah and then i had this realization that like none of them knew anything about we're all sitting at dinner talking Mm. and it's like i also have only the information that i think all of they should all break up with their husband your respective husbands because they all sound like pieces of shit yeah but it's like one of them asked me like oh like what do you do and i was like oh yeah i'm starting teaching at emerson next year Mm -hmm. i work in like the beer and wine space and i realized that none of the women who i thought i'd become friends with had ever asked me what i do yeah and i knew everything about what they did (laughs) and Mm -hmm. like where they went to school and what they do and their what their hobbies are like i don't know like i i had felt like oh i made such good friends with these women because i knew so much about them now then I realized no one had ever turned around and asked me any of those questions. And I had this like weird realization of how like, I was like, Oh, like, no, like this isn't like ever asked me anything about myself. Mm -hmm. Like in a way that was like very unsettling and like a, Oh shit, this friendship vibe has been very one-sided. Yeah. And it's like, they, they like DM me on on Instagram. Like we're all like friends on social media now. It's all like, Oh, let's hang out. Like I'd love to like come see you in Cambridge. Like let's go to a movie, whatever. So it's like, I did sincerely make these friendships, but it's like this weird realization of like, oh, you never want, you never got to know me at all. And I'm wondering <laughs> if, I'm wondering if you are used to different patterns of socialization that are not part of these of like very hetero spaces. I just read All About Love by Bill Hooks, which is like one of those books that everyone likes to talk right, about. on a list somewhere. Yeah, it and it's like, read the intro i was like this is great read chapter one i was like cool chapter two i was like yeah totally (laughs) and then it is it is a book that it like it's kind of aware of this so much about and women Mm. it's so much about heterosexual relationships like ultimately it's about love and like the idea of love and how we should be defining that and thinking like reframing what it is in a society that is very much like love is a mystery and we'll never understand it and it's like no that's a way of like letting these norms perpetuate and like letting these gender roles perpetuate um and like one of the theses which of which there are many is like right. love is an action it's not a feeling mm. and like to reduce it to just a feeling is very like 
passive and like buying into these these norms anyway it was so much about men and women that i like was very much by the end i was like i just like kind of want to get through this to see if there are any more takeaways that i resonate with right but maybe if i were more in like the way that straight relationships function and like just that yeah i guess it would it would be more salient and i wonder if this reading of like these new relationships with these women that you were interacting with are just like i don't know used to different codes of like i'm imagining like these women might not be used to being in spaces where they don't have to cater Mm, yeah yeah to cater to straight men and like maybe that results in like them being like finally i can myself without feeling like i have to make room or like take up less room again i'm kind of going off of things that were in this book about like the way that are socialized um and so yeah i don't know and i think that you occupying a lot of queer spaces and just like being like yeah i'm a i'm a person Uh, obviously like you're a woman but like (laughs) <laughs> in a lot of spaces that you occupy you're like a person with everyone else yeah 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 well it's like i was also in a sorority so it's like it's not sure. like i'm sure unfamiliar with like and for me it's like also being in a sorority was the time i made a lot of close female friends mm. not to say i didn't have any friends that were close friends that were women in high school but like i was very much like part of like the dude side of my friend group yeah like um in a way that wasn't like toxic or anything mm-hmm. um at least in my discourse hindsight like we were just on the phone with a friend of mine who was like also on the dude side of my friend group sure. and it's like i was friends with his now uh partner who is a woman and was also a friend of mine but it's like i was closer friends with him mm-hmm. and um but yeah it's like like being in a sorority was my was like being in kind of men only spaces and mm-hmm. having conversations about that experience but also i was in like the gay ass sorority like <laughs> like yeah. like i was in the sorority that was like play, played ultimate frisbee played rest didn't want to mix with us because we wouldn't hook up with any of them like that <laughs> kind of energy yeah like we would out drink we would not have sex with them so it was like <laughs> that's your purpose here right exactly but it's also it's like i was also friends with a lot of like men in fraternities so it's like yeah um but yeah i also like i i do hear that and it, but at the same time it's like it was a weird realization because it's like i'm a fucking leo i won't <laughs> shut up about myself mm. and to realize i have not told this person a single fact about myself was like right <laughs> have i really not mentioned what i do, do for work like, do you think that part of it is because or it's like there were so many times where people were like we have champagne and they're holding up like it's not that's not champagne <laughs> I, do, do you think part of it is because you've like of this discomfort you've talked about and like maybe you were still kind of like smalling myself or like reeling i don't know adjusting to the fact that you're like i am presenting in a way that is not sort of comfortable to me for taking stock of yourself in a way that you're like not willing to project it outward mm, yeah i, I don't know that. yeah um Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's true. I mean, even like the bachelorette weekend that I spent with them, I've talked about how I felt very out of place mm-hmm. because they were all talking about how much partners and I was like, 
You're like, I my love this guy. You're like my partner <laughs> and I are partners. If or you it's like at one it. point, like I had taken a funny picture and I was like showing it to somebody, and I was like, oh, like can I put this on my Instagram story, kind of thing. And as I was showing them that, like I got like a text from Colin that's like, hey, love you. Hope you're having a great weekend. Oh. And they're like, that he loves you. And I'm like, you guys, you guys that are married. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so sad. I know. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like don't want to bother you but just want to like say hi <laughs> wow and yeah and i was like that like the bar is the floor like yeah <laughs> and it's like because that's like i felt uncomfortable being like oh i'm in like a great relationship with a person who's an adult <laughs> yeah who knows how to take care of themselves and makes me feel very special <laughs> right um in a way that feels very low effort for both of us <laughs> Have you guys yeah. ever interrogated that about <laughs> yourselves? <laughs> and the answer seems to be no. And I think, again, like maybe, like, I think this is the demo that could really benefit from reading this Bell Hooks book, for right. example. People who aren't in, like, a lot of queer discourse and just, like, what it means to be a partner. And, like, because right. it, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It seemed very much, uh, granted it was written in 2000, so I think it was the cutting edge of like having these conversations. Right. And for that it is respectable and Bell Hooks is an icon in general. So yeah. like, just reading it now after like all of the education that had informally felt kind of like I was taking steps back almost. Right. But um, there were also a lot of good points were new to me as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think like maybe they would benefit from reading it and being like, oh, so maybe I don't have to this way of expressed at me this way. Right. I mean, I was also talking to a friend of mine recently who is going to start working in the school system mm-hmm. and she was realizing like how uncomfortable she is with like being called a missus mm. and like I'm reading a book about like copy editing and grammar, but they're talking about like the advent of ms like ms dot Mm -hmm. and how like important and groundbreaking that was and this book is also kind of taking a stance against they pronouns but also it's like Mm -hmm. written in like (laughs) early 2000s like beginning of these conversations happening yeah um like they're very much advocating for like there needs to be a better word but they're not convinced even here i am saying they easily with no (laughs) grammatical but they were like it shouldn't be at the expense of grammaticality like like, okay like this is that's not an argument i can get behind but i yeah it's like i see where they're coming that this exists in a certain time and like this is a person who like is like a lead copy editor for the new yorker so it's like Mm -hmm. this is someone whose take on grammar isn't to be taken lightly yeah not like but to be like it's helpful to understand the perspective of like the kind of people who dictate usage Mm -hmm. um because the new yorker is often cited as like oh well the new yorker did it like this sure and even they talk about how um they talk about in the book how they were editing a short story where the writer really wanted speech to be reflected in dialogue so they wrote in a certain way that used they very liberally Mm -hmm. because that's how people speak i.e. me speaking right now yeah and um it was like a big like conversation in the comment of like letting this author write in this way because the context makes sense and the like what they're trying to accomplish is being accomplished by these choices and now like down the line as they're writing this book 
like the New Yorker is being cited as a reason that you can use they mm-hmm. as a, as a singular pronoun and they're like well that's not the context that this existed in this isn't us like like the new yorker shouldn't they're basically making the case the new yorker shouldn't be a style guide like yeah that's us making choices in creative fiction are not the same as like a descriptive um grammatical text yeah. um but yeah a that's a, it's a similar thing way. where it's like this was written at a certain time oh yeah but then this friend of mine who is like very much like a straight woman but like mm-hmm. um is like very uncomfortable being like referred to like it with like a gender signifier at the beginning of her for name. sure and she's like i don't she's like i want like going to be working as a guidance counselor and she's like i don't want to like stick out like a sore thumb and like not be abiding by kind of the conventions of the field i'm working in now hmm. but i also like don't want people to be coming up to me and calling me miss McHugh. like she's yeah like, i don't identify as my last name like people call me Sheila. My name is Sheila. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not Mrs. McHugh. I'm, McHugh. I'm not. Right. Ms. And then McHugh. when you go by like Ms. Sheila, it's like you seem like a preschool instructor. Right. And she's like, I. And so but, th- but she's like, it's interesting to like confront who like mm. um, is not like of a queer identity, who is not like queer identifying to like also yeah. grapple with gender. And it's, like, even my, who got married, like, instantly, like, the day after the wedding, changed her Instagram handle to the new last name, changed her Facebook to the new last name, has, like, is getting, like, c- congratulations cards from, like, parents of her students with her new last name, and it has, like, items branded with the new last name, and it's, like, imagine not having my whole name as my whole identity. Like, yeah. but it's also, I don't know, I've, like, done a lot of work in, like, unpacking these conventions that society has mm-hmm. and different people put different weight on different things and not to say like i judge her for like changing her last name i don't sure. at all but it's like it's very interesting to witness uh <laughs> like hmm. it, it's 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 we it's unsettling i guess or um yeah it, it's it's unsettling to watch happen uncritically it's it's contradictory to the way because it's also it's like i'm very much like let people do things let Mm -hmm. make them happy i like as long as no one's getting hurt like i am totally a-okay with anyone making whatever choices are best for themselves but then i get concerned when it seems like these people have never really interrogated and when When i say these people i mean like women who like instantly change their last name yada 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 compulsively yeah like have not fully asked themselves does this make me happy why am i doing it Mm -hmm. rather than like this is this is what is done yeah um because it's like if you do the work and you're like this makes me happy yeah do what you love about for whom always yeah as i am applying to jobs if that wasn't clear i mean they're clearly doing pretty often um and i've like talked about this with others where it's like oftentimes and this usually isn't this is like usually a separate part of the application where it's like this doesn't impact your application whenever we just want demographic information information about the pool of applicants and like every time i have to select male just like feels so weird yeah and like i'm in no way i've never like i've never really uh, 
of course i've like questioned my own gender because i again i'm like parts of these i am like part of these discourses and stuff and like don't think that i'm as rooted in it as like say a, a majority of people who were born with the same like bodies that i have but like it just feels stranger and stranger i just feel more and more removed from like these kind of designations where it's like it's not that i like yeah i don't know it's it's strange it's strange to be reminded that like this is still a thing that impacts a lot i also i want to like make the point that because in queer theory this comes up a lot where the term queer which like seems great and i used to be like really uncritical about it and like why wouldn't everyone just be using queer right i've since read stuff that's like no like lesbian is important because say queer just like when you say gay you think oh man white white man with white man you know Mm, and it's like we do sometimes need these markers these like distinguishing features you know yeah and so it was like making a case for terms like lesbian and where it's you know like a woman very so i don't want to say like do away with all like information that like asks about um gender identity but like it's just it's just weird weird so Well, we solved we solved wow. gender. We today. did it, and I <laughs> feel like you know I, I feel like we have in the past, but we've done it again. <laughs> we, we just keep, we just keep we've done it. We just keep, we keep doing accomplishing. Um, for all of our listeners of the pod, um, McKenna will be visiting <laughs> in October. Come see cheek face with us. Um, this is going to be our unofficial pod meetup. <laughs> unofficial convention. Yes. The what do we? Um, 